0: Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend.
1: It's hard to die.
0: When all the birds are singing in the sky. Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast, Love the Grabs. Thanks for tuning in. Not morning anymore. Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> We've been doing this for hours and hours and hours.
1: This is our life now.
0: You know, like I always joke like with our podcast that we go, we keep it relatively brief because yeah. it's not an audio book. But this is chapters and chapters of, um, of an, of an audio book length podcast. Prime so, cuts. Though. Prime cuts. Episode 100. We're into yep. part three of our Q&A. Um, marathon <laughs> uh, thanks everyone I mean I put out the call for the questions yeah. and you responded thanks. in force yeah. um, and we're going to dive straight back into it. Go no, for it no fannying around for us um, we are back with Stereo Mike um, Michael Stereo uh, and he has got another question um, over the course of this year which wrestler and promotion has seen the most improvement? Um, but Meg uh, Hewitt phrases it slightly different way. Yeah, uh, with in a, a more similar question, love
1: the Graps friendly way. Yes,
0: um, and she says, "Who's grown lovely this year?"
1: Um, well, we've we've already mentioned uh, in the last part, and hopefully you've listened to the first two parts before listening to this part. This isn't going to make any sense to anyone no. if you don't. Um, Millie McKenzie has continued to grow lovely. Yeah, um, and Millie McKenzie and Omari were the two that we said last year had yeah. grown lovely um she's continued to grow lovely uh it's been a big year for her. um it wasn't too long ago that um people were a bit unsure on her um she was a big hit in fight club pro but other promotions were a bit mm, bit too much
0: too soon perhaps yeah,
1: um but she smashed through that yep. she's the fight forever women's champion do you know that that's a thing right okay yeah um she's appeared for defiant uh progress eve Um, all over the place um, making a big impact. So she, again, has had another great year.
0: Another person that we spoke about in the last part of the last part (laughs) um, (laughs) is Chuck Mambo. He's had a big year. He had some sort of... Uh, like career making matches with um likes of Zack sabre jr at super strong style this year mm-hmm. um and uh he's um become the riptide inaugural riptide yep. um, champion yep. um and he's getting more and more bookings up yep. and down the Been country very
1: smart um in the uh he and tk cooper mm-hmm. um who is a bit of a forgotten man like in the last part where we're mentioning people that can maybe kind of step up
0: yeah, um, TK Cooper has always isn't? been really good, TK. Yeah, but yeah, it seems to be a bit forgotten. Um, 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 they put together. I mean, we've we've made allusions to why that may or may not be yeah. on previous podcasts.
1: Um, we've they put together escaping the midcard, which is yeah. their version of being the elite. Yeah, in a way. it's silly. Uh, yeah, um, and that is very smart because being the elite is as well as being excellent wrestlers mm. uh is one of the reasons that the young bucks and kenny omega and cody Rhodes have been it's able to get kind of
0: embracing that sort of youtube yeah. social media um,
1: thing and so i think they've been very smart uh, over that so i think they've grown lovely um in terms of promotions um i'm i'm gonna say i think good have had a really well, good year yeah thank you um, thanks
0: and somebody you know, i'm glad somebody said and
1: it. yeah well I, I, I i've said it before on the podcast i'm just a fan when it comes to good yeah it's run by my mate yeah. Um but I buy a ticket and I go and watch the shows. Yeah. And I think you've had a really strong year. Yeah, I'm really pleased with the year that we've had. Um I think Pro Wrestling Eve again have had a solid year. Mm-hmm. Um we did kind of wonder after Wrestle Queendom, where do they go from here? Um and they haven't really gone anywhere, but they've still continued putting on going, yeah. uh, great shows, giving these opportunities uh to these women to to have kind of headline matches. Um, And I think that has kind of diffused itself into other promotions as well.
0: I mean, other promotions that we've had a lot of experience with, Attack, have kind of grown a lot this year in terms of they've made their move into London, um, doing their shows in London. They've taken over from um, the old Progress at the Dome. Um, I'm trying to think, like... I don't know. The uh, Riptide have had a good year. They yeah. had like they kind of stepped back a little bit back, at one but, yeah. point, but they're they're still going really strong, and they're kind of considered sort of like one of the sort of hottest under uh, bubbling under yeah. um, promotions, and they've had a couple of big weekends of shows um, this year um, that I think have done them really well um, and got a lot of eyes on them.
1: Yeah, we never we never get to see them because um, it's probably not our graps and it's geographically not our grats. Um, NGW uh, had a banner year um, really going strength to strength um, selling out their, their prime markets they've got the the holiday contract as well yeah. the holiday camp contract uh, making at least someone's making something off World of Sport do you know what I mean so yeah. well done them so yeah there's a lot of people who've had really strong years um, Drew Parker's had a good year yeah um, we always knew that he had the, the talent but he wasn't really getting used many places um, and this year that's been put right
0: yeah and it looks like he's being sort of set up to have quite a big role in progress yeah um, as we go into 2019 so that'll be interesting um, Spike Treve has yeah. kind of uh, risen up as one of the um, most widely used
1: villains mm-hmm. across the UK Jamie Hayter yeah uh, Ace of Eve she's been out to stardom um, is part of the the women's main event how much that is worth mm-hmm. uh, in um, Rev Pro yeah so I mean, yesterday she worked for RevPro and then raced to the resistance to yeah. work for Eve. So the 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 thought of um, I mean, men have have done that before, but the thought of a uh, women being uh, at the position where they're they're doing a twofer mm. is is really cool. Yeah.
0: So. Um, and then um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Federales, um, Super Santos Junior. Yeah. Um, who again. If you'd have told me this time last year that he would have been getting the bookings that he'd been getting all over the country, I'd have been like, oh, is it going to translate? Yeah. But he's been everywhere this year.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing that I thought he might have more of an upside as his non-Santos character, which he used to do Yeah. Uh, in other places. doesn't do that anymore because why would you? Um, but he's also managed to, in attack, um, be a non-anti-fun police Santos yeah. and make it work. Yeah. Um, so kudos to you, yeah. my round friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just have to get a dig in, don't you? Of course. Okay, uh, Jan Buxton. Jan. Um, <laughs> Jan, who would be... This is a question. This yeah. isn't me talking about Jan. Okay. Who would be top of your bucket list in terms of wrestlers you want to see but haven't yet seen live, domestic or international? In terms of British wrestling, are there any wrestlers you wish you saw more of?
1: Either due to geography or not booked much. Okay, um, so it's no secret, uh, Dan Shokudino, yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. is my bucket list. Yeah, um, there are a few names which, if the cards fall right, I will get to see in the next few months mm-hmm. uh, that I've wanted to see for a while. Um, so Shigeru Irie, who some lucky people are seeing at Progress today, gets Walter. That's a bang. That's a thing, a isn't it? Um, so hopefully, I'll get to see him at some point because he's moved to Europe now. Uh, Shuji Ishikawa, uh, another big Japanese fella uh, who likes to whack people. Um, Konosuke Takeshita from uh, DDT. Um, I'd like to see people like PCO, Filthy Tom Lawler. I'd like to see Nick Gage, um, just for the the spectacle of it. Um, Got to see Orange Cassidy, so he's now been kind of crossed off that. Um, I'd like to see uh, Shikara again this year uh, in 2019. So they've got some cool new characters Um, so they're kind of like my bucket list guys Um, in terms of UK guys that I've never seen I don't know that there are that many well then what about UK guys you'd like to see more of Um, there's the perennial answer yeah Grado Um, okay I I still love Grado I'd I'd love to see him at least a couple of times a year and I never get to see him no Um, and that is that's a massive shame Um, to kind of but lesser uh, Joe Hendry we don't see a lot mm. of Joe Hendry um, although I think um, with some people um, it's diminishing returns with Joe Hendry the more you see yeah, of him. It's... that's the
0: impression I
1: get yeah, yeah. Um, there are a few northern guys that don't tend to get booked too much down south or at least not that I see Nathan Cruz yeah still got a lot of time for Nathan Cruz really like him um, I'd like to see more of him uh, and his best mate Matt Myers I've only ever seen once um, and he never works outside of Yorkshire really hmm. um so yeah it's, it's those kind of guys um
0: i don't, i don't know whether i have much much to add beyond that if i'm yeah. honest
1: um i mean yeah I, I mean it's mostly a consequence of what we talked about of everybody everywhere yeah so you tend to see a lot of these people um but the again the it may be kind of the younger people that you don't see so much so mention the the o j m o um hmm massive amounts of charisma um i'd like to see him more in more places yeah
0: like um tell bannon he was good at pcw yeah um he seems to have a lot going on yeah um i mean i'd like i I can't believe i'm gonna say this i'd like to see what big t justice is up to these days um uh yeah I don't know i think i see loads
1: of the people that i want to see yeah. if we're missing anybody let us know and i know there's a few guys who go to tidal they go to grand pro you know that kind of yeah. northern yorkshire yeah, yeah, lancashire yeah. belt that there are guys there that we don't see like andy ogden last week was raving about sandy beach yeah um who's a guy up there um and lana austin does a lot of work i saw lana austin last night at eve yeah um she's improved a hell of a amount. um i'd like to see more of lana austin um so yeah it's, it's mainly I think uh, we we don't know about the Scottish guys mm. uh, we hear about the the northern guys and perhaps we'd like to see more of them I, I'd like to see and this may be a controversial opinion mm. I'd like to see more Josh Bodem in places that aren't RevPro sure I mean I think you know
0: maybe he's grown up a bit maybe yeah. if he was to get a chance elsewhere um,
1: I might flourish yeah. so Maybe.
0: Okay. Um, we're back with Meg Hewitt. Um, what's the best merch you've seen or bought, apart from Chris's new Japan Pro Wrestling inspired T-shirts? Inspired. Of course,
1: inspired. Oh,
0: they are inspired. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're inspired. Right. Um, merch.
1: Okay. Um, Gene Money hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought a Gene Money hat. That is a
0: recent thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Recent acquisition uh, for I, you.
1: I liked that. Um, I bought a Gene Money T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, I got the orange Cassidy t shirt. that's yeah. quite cool. Um, I like something a little different because there are wrestlers that I really like mm-hmm. who I want to support. Yep. Um, by way of giving them money. Yeah. Um, but giving them money is a bit weird. Um, you can't just go up to someone and go, "Have some money." No, that would be um, weird. So you need to have that transaction of buying their merch. But I don't necessarily want, um, and particularly at the moment, I'll, I'll name one. Mm. Okay. Um Charlie Evans. Yeah. I love Charlie Evans' work. Yeah. Um I've never really liked any of her t shirts. Um
0: there was one that I liked. I'm not in the market
1: for an eight by ten. Yeah. Um because if that's your thing, great. It's not my thing. I
0: don't know what do you do with them. Yeah.
1: I've got already got my calendar for next year. Yeah, um, as as I like the fact that it's kind of a paranormal type calendar. But I wish she had a badge or a wristband or uh, a scarf, or do you know just yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. um, this year I, I bought uh Travis Banks was saying the little Hasbro badges, a oh, little um, badge, yeah, pin yeah. badge. Again, I've never really liked any of Travis t-shirts too much. There's lots of skulls, isn't there? yeah. Um, but I was happy to give him some money yeah. for something that I could wear um, yeah. that wouldn't just sit in the back of, of of my cupboard.
0: Yeah, I I I'm kind of at a point where like I want less things. Yeah, so i think like the idea of like just filling my house with more and more stuff is is less and less appealing um yeah i've kind of drifted away from buying loads of t-shirts um and i i always kind of have been drawn to when people have like odd bits of merchandise like i've got in my house like a marty skull plush you have. Um mm-hmm. doll which he was selling for a time. Um and I kinda liked the cck kind of little vinyl figures that, that yeah. they had through sort of the wrestle crate. Yeah. You got Sendai Girl's Towel? I mean, got Sendai to Girls towel that yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah, doubles as a mask.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, I'm not I'm not super keen right now on buying loads of stuff, although I do like those sort of unique um unique sort of offerings. Um, I wonder whether there's a, any scope for wrestlers to offer sort of digital product. Yeah. Like if they were to be able to do sort of like best of compilations because you don't really see that anymore, do no. you? you know, like that used to be a thing that wrestlers would sell on their merch tables quite yeah. a lot is DVDs like yeah. the best of El Ligero. Um You don't see those anymore. So maybe there's some scope for them to be able to do that because I might be more interested in buying a Vimeo yeah. download I of... mean
1: for instance um you're a big Sammy Jane fan. Yeah. Uh if I could buy you for Christmas a 1-hour compilation of Sammy Jane matches from from Eve from Discovery from 3CW you know that yeah. that would be a nice thing. And actually
0: maybe there's maybe there's something there maybe like cuz we don't see any Discovery do we? No. But we know that there are wrestlers that we really like that appear there like Gene Money works Mm -hmm. for them Sammy Jane like people that don't work everywhere but they work there and some places that we do like yeah so if they were to have a compilation that featured say Gene Money for instance and he is it's a very niche audience for Gene Money it's Mm -hmm. a small um (laughs) you know group of people that are going to really appreciate his work right now but if he was to do a compilation with rise again a company that i think has its fans but very localized yeah um and they they seem to do stuff that kind of translate. Quite well to 20 second long Clips yeah. on the Internet um, But if they were To include matches From Rise and From Discovery um, And and elsewhere Then maybe that Would open people Up to those Promotions more yeah. So maybe it would Be in the Promotions best Interest
1: yeah.
0: To offer You know those As something for The wrestlers to Use
1: Yeah do it more And um, music videos <sighs>
0: Yeah, well they're not gonna make any money off music videos, are oh, you? So pound. I'm talking we're talking per pound. We're talking <laughs> merchandise
1: right now. Um Thom French is back. Yeah, Thom, good old Thom. Um, and he says, Should there be a living wage for wrestling, like a minimum someone can expect? So I think we might have differing opinions on this potential. Yeah, we have had conversations yeah. about this. Um well, you... I'll, I'll I'll lay out my my uh way of thinking about it. Um at the very least, uh, nobody who does anything on a show should be out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, because wrestling is a hobby for a lot of people. Um, it's a living for some. It's a hobby for the majority of people that are involved. Um, and that doesn't in- only include wrestlers, it includes referees, ring crew, people who press the button on the music. Um, it's all part of their hobby. You know, a lot of it is that they're helping out mates. Um hobbies do sometimes cost you money that's fine but uh in the the pursuit of your hobby it's not often that an entrance fee is charged yeah that's the way i look at it so the minute you charge an entrance fee to get into something anybody who is a part of that show should deserve some reward from that show now i'm not uh as a much of a dreamer to, to think that everyone should walk away with a payoff but at the very least everyone should have their expenses covered that's the way i see it so um even beyond wrestlers uh everybody involved in the show should not be out of pocket and whether whether they want to give up that that themselves they're giving up their time um you're not necessarily compensating them for their time there we go. wrestlers is slightly diff- different because um they they are kind of I, I don't want to say they're putting in more work but they're more integral to the show, mm. um, so I would like to think that every wrestler gets paid something. Right. Um, having said that, in the past when I was a wrestler, I did shows for nothing.
0: Yeah. I. Okay, so I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna just to sort of give a little bit of perspective. I will say, you know, good wrestling shows. Um, anybody who nobody who works those shows goes away out of pocket. Mm. In, in any instance, um, or at least I hope not, because I don't know whether somebody's had some yeah. unknown expenses that I haven't been made aware of. But everybody goes home with, um, you know, with some sort of compensation, uh, whether that be a fee that they, um, you know, that they command, or yeah. whether that be expenses covered. Yeah. Having said that, I do think that there is a level that. I think you've got to consider that it is a, whilst it is a commercial venture in a lot of instances, it's also an artistic endeavour. Yeah. And I know from my own personal experiences, there is a lot of hard work that goes into those um, pursuits that isn't going to be financially rewarded. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to make your own opportunities and there are going to be times where you are out of pocket because you have put yourself out there and there are gonna i mean maybe this maybe this is naivety on my part or maybe it's kind of a different sort of way of thinking about wrestling in and of itself but I do see it as a you know a creative endeavor and I do see that there are gonna be times that if you want to achieve something creatively you're gonna have to be out of pocket you're gonna have to put yourself out for instance i don't make any money on those shows Mm -hmm. any any money that we make above you know what it costs to put the show on is there so that we don't fall short next time yeah um myself and adam we don't make Mm us you know maybe we'll buy ourselves a sandwich out of the budget of the show um we don't make any money out of the show um in fact there are almost definitely times where like we end up buying things that we need for the show mm. out of our own pockets yeah. and don't reimburse ourselves we're terrible in terms of keeping track of that stuff um but part of that is because creatively we want there to yeah. we want the show to be the best it can be and that's always our number one sort of concern um and i think that for young wrestlers and i know that the, there is this idea that You see it on the internet. I see it on the internet a lot where people are bemoaning the fact that somebody has offered them or asked them to do work for exposure. Mm. Now I would never do that. I would never go to someone and say, do this because it's exposure. But I think there are situations where when you're on the other side of that, I know I've played in bands for years, um, you know, other artistic sort of um, pursuits, but, there are times when you go yeah i'll give you that because you know maybe more people will see it yeah
1: i think the like so many things when you're talking about this kind of thing and this goes for kind of wider society as well that you rely upon the benevolence of the boss um so if for instance when i when i said like there were times when when i was resting that i'd worked for for nothing Um, generally I knew that pretty much everybody on that show was working for nothing, and at the end of the day, the promoter was walking away with nothing. So, you know, I I didn't want to take money that wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So in that case, it's kind of a a we're in it together thing. Um, There is uh, a propensity for some wrestling promoters, as bosses in other walks of life, to take advantage. Um, And I think that that is something that does happen, um, that you will get some people pulling the exposure thing um, when they could afford to pay the talent and just don't want to. Um, And I think in that case, these people need to be named and shamed, publicly hanged and flogged. Um, Wrestlers are not very good at sticking up for one another. Um, It's a business where you rightly or wrongly, will stab your mate in the back to get a better place on the card. Not everybody does it, but it's that kind of business. Do you know what I mean? Um, And so if there is a promoter who is stiff in people and you know about it, then you might not necessarily want to say that because you might jeopardise your paying things. with. And, you know, in recent history, it's not just payment that people have kept quiet about. You know, there's other things that Oh everybody knew, um, but no one was willing to rock the boat um, so I think i i 'd like to trust that all promoters are are good people and are not taking advantage um, but sadly, I have known promoters that are yeah
0: there's definitely yeah like it is open to abuse, and there are definitely promoters who are using people either you know for free or for very little money yeah. and they're walking away with a packet of money themselves yeah. um and that's where yeah and that's that's where it it becomes a sticky issue mm-hmm. i mean the idea of a minimum wage for wrestlers just doesn't work there's the, yeah. it just doesn't work because it's not regular employment there's not a, i mean if i was going to pay somebody if i was going to pay somebody the going minimum wage right now which is what like 8 pound 40 an hour yeah. or will be in the new year. Um everybody would be getting paid about 2 pounds per match. So yeah. like I, how my, do I how do I assign somebody a may, minimum maybe wage? Maybe
1: I I think I, I kind of and again you can every plan fails on contact with the opposition. You could say that there's a minimum fee. So um, for a professional wrestling show, and again, how do you define that? How do you license it? Blah blah blah. Um, let's say twenty-five pounds is like the minimum that anybody um, gets, and I've just pulled that figure out yeah. off the top of my head. Um, so you know then that okay, I live in Southampton. Um, this promotion in Newcastle wants me. Um, it's then up to me. Do I want to? Yeah. I know I'm going to get twenty five quid. Yeah. For this. Uh, and I know everybody's going to get 25 quid. And then, yeah, it becomes a decision then. It's like, I know this promoter is only paying £20 travel expenses to anybody. That's like the maximum he's paying. So then it's up to me whether yeah. I put £40 off And I petrol.
0: feel like there are promoters that run like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know them. No. Um, let's move on. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's a prickly subject yeah. that um, I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy I with. I
1: want fully automatic gay space love communism wrestling where everybody shares in everything um monetarily and otherwise uh, and we all live a happy life
0: god you're awful sometimes go on you go next
1: okay so simon ball yeah um villa fan i like simon ball right Uh, i'm not so much a villa fan anymore um john terry going to put paid to that cool still like to see him beat the blues though as I did the other week whatever suck it Amy. I don't suck it I don't um,
0: care one bit Simon about it. Simon Ball this.
1: says why do you use Terry Jacks as your opening slash closing music for the podcast now this is a Chris decision yeah. I had nothing to do with this um, but Chris drop the bombshell
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Well, it's not Terry Jacks, is it? Uh, um, I mean, it is a recording by the rock band Nirvana. Right? Are
1: they? Are they? Are they they, they a famous band?
0: uh, Yeah, they were very popular in the nineties. Right. um, Like. Like, uh, what else was popular in the 90s? The Spin Doctors. Yeah, The Spin Doctors, um, Pogs, and um, the TV show Men Behaving Badly. Right. Um, So there's lots of stuff that was popular in the 90s. And this was a band called Nirvana, uh, fronted by Kurt Cobain. um, Very tragic figure. Um, But this is a recording that I stumbled upon on YouTube years and years ago um, that doesn't seem to have appeared on any other um Nirvana compilation which is interesting um of them performing the song seasons in the sun um originally by Terry
1: Jacks yeah did westlife do a version of it as well oh, somebody did yeah. yeah loads
0: of i'm sure there are loads of versions of it yeah, floating around so it's a around. very depressing
1: song well exactly <laughs> yeah.
0: um but it's like a uh, it's kind of one of these weird songs where it's like oh this is cheerful and then you listen to it a little bit and you're like that's oh, not cheerful no it's not cheerful at all um
1: I would have chosen Baby Elephant Walk. Well
0: there anything. are two reasons the the main reason I chose this is because I've had it in my back pocket and wanted to use it as a podcast theme for a while. Um partly because it says um Chris at the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, and my name is Chris. Um but also I think it, I do think it works for, you know, the nature of this show because we do the love the graps, we do the not my graps, you know, we cover sort of the good and the bad of this and as i say it's a weird song in that it kind of has this kind of chorus which is about how much fun everybody's had in the summer and then it's not it's a bit of a miserable tune otherwise so Um,
1: i mean you picked it and we've had to deal with the repercussions of your grandiosity (laughs) since.
0: the repercussions of my grandiosity you are right you are right okay we're back with jam buxton once again back once again with the renegade master um i watched some mlw this afternoon which made me wonder who is your favorite commentator in all wrestling and why is it low-key it's not low-key no i mean i haven't watched mlw so I,
1: i've watched uh, mlw he wasn't commentating okay on the episode that i watched yeah
0: I mean, the thing with that is that I wouldn't be able to see Loki's dirty shirt if I just was <laughs> yeah. listening to him commentate. So what's the point?
1: And um, before he starts commentating, does he go uh, into the commentary booth and warm up? Yeah. Very, <laughs> yeah. very, very visibly. In front of everyone. Yeah.
0: Um, commentators... I mean, I don't, I, as we've discussed on the first part of this three-part yeah. series, um, I don't watch loads of TV wrestling at the minute, so I don't really know who's current and who's not. Um, I can tell you I don't like. Yeah. That's Glenn Joseph. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, he's an awful commentator. And, and, and actually, similarly, Dahlia Black is similarly terrible, but for completely different reasons, because it's like, why are you even there? Yeah. You're not adding anything to this. Um, and maybe they've gotten better. Did you like Jimmy Barnett? I mean, he was fine, like, when they were doing that, it was fine, because it didn't feel, it felt more casual. Yeah. Um,
1: It was sad that he died, and then Progress got rubbish. Yeah. Um, But who do you like? Um, I mean, there's the classics. Mm. Uh, I like to hear a bit of Gordon Soley. Superlake. Uh, it's always quite nice mm-hmm. um the memphis commentators uh no secret um classic memphis is is one of my things i was part of a a group called real in memphis uh for many years it's like I, I still occasionally will just go on youtube and put on some classic memphis um and you had lance russell mm-hmm. um, who was just just great all right our old like let's get up to date shall we all right um kevin kelly He's i doing did a not good like job. kevin kelly yeah um on New Japan, he really works really well, especially when he's with rocky romero yeah um and they did a bit where um they were having revolving through the g one I think they' revolving yeah. third partner, and that really worked i like that um i don't do you know i I don't really listen to commentary no, I, I tune it out yeah same um so it's kind of a a tough one. I like a good guest commentator. Um, I like it when you you have uh, a wrestler who comes in and kind of adds something to it. Um, on the the last Joey uh, last Beyond show that I watched um, was a Halloween show, and Joey Janella was the kind of color commentator on that. He was really good, like really added something to it. Um, so I, I perhaps like color more than play by play. Yeah. Um, although I do like it when you get one person uh, doing all of it. Um, the the absolute answer is uh, Mark Priest. <laughs> I
0: wish, I hope that's all of that stuff is deleted from history. Um, yeah, I don't have any strong feelings about any commentators apart from the ones I dislike. Yeah. Um, and and like you, I would like to tune it all out. I do think you should be given the option on all wrestling to be able to listen to it with or without commentary. Yeah, where possible,
1: or just listen to it in a foreign language. Um, yeah. because then the, the commentary just sounds weird and great.
0: Yeah, because then you are just getting across the emotional stuff yeah. rather. Like, I quite I do quite like watching the Japanese wrestling yeah. with the Japanese CMLL, commentary.
1: Um, at the moment, uh, they have a three man booth. Yeah, um, and they have a guy there called uh, I, I believe his name is Mickey Lee, um, and occasionally they will throw to Mickey Lee for his opinion on what's happening. But the way they do it is the main commentator will go Mickey, 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 Mickey Lee. And then Mickey Lee will come in and say his bit. I like that. Weird. Good. That was weird. Um, Right, Susie's got a question for us again. Okay. Uh, What match, or matches, best demonstrate the graps that you love the most? For example, I love comedy, technical wrestling, and death matches, so I have one of each. Yikes. Okay. So um, what is your favourite type of wrestling? My favourite type of
0: wrestling? I mean, I, I love a good... Comedy match that can kind of also like kick it up a gear, yep. Um, where necessary, um, but at the same time, like, I like yeah, I I like action. I don't, I mean, I won't go for something that is technical wrestling or something that is deathmatch wrestling. I like, I like sometimes those sort of pre, like, you know, predefined boundaries like when you come out and tell me it's going to be a world of sport rules match i'm like this isn't going to be for me yeah similarly if you come out and go we're going to have a death match i'm like well either you're going to go all the way and you're going to do a death match which i don't enjoy or you're going to just smash a clock somewhere and i'm just going to be like wasn't a death match um so death matches again not really my cup of tea what about you what
1: um well I like I like all types of wrestling do yeah. except British rounds stuff <sighs> that's whack yeah world whack. Of sport world of sport rules yeah, we call terrible. it terrible terrible um so I am particularly fan of comedy wrestling yeah. um so the most kind of recent um ace in that genre uh, we talked about it loads on this podcast Ad the Nauseam. The, uh, the anal explosion match
0: yeah from 2017
1: yeah um I like a bit of hard hitting yeah. Um so classically for me um the Misawa Kabashi matches of the, the mid nineties yeah. uh, were great. More recently, um, Shibata and Ishii yeah, that's, had some, uh, some bangers.
0: That's one that you can show people. Yeah, one of
1: the one of the matches that got me into New Japan uh, when I came back to wrestling after being on the island was um uh Rest Kingdom nine. Um, it was Ishii against Maccabee for the Nevertile and right. they just whack shit out of each other. Yep. Um and that was that was very much my thing. I would show that to people. Yeah. Um I on the back of seeing Masato Tanaka uh, last week I went back and watched Mike Awesome versus oh, right. Tanaka from November to November ninety yeah. nine. Um not from um uh One Night Stand No No Um That Which was fine. That is a, a, a fine example of that kind of um Type of thing where it's extreme but not deathmatch.
0: People trying to murder each other.
1: Yeah, and then if you're going for absolute deathmatch stuff, um, Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk, King of the Deathmatches. Yeah, five. Yeah, um, it it's got a bit of everything in there. Um, it does everything you need. Um, I think sometimes though, uh, you you've got to feed two birds with one scone, and I think if you go to DDT. Um, you can see the best of of everything in there um and so i would often ddt would be my first port of call if someone said show me your favorite kind of wrestling it it would be a match from from ddt yeah um and the inventive way that they they use wrestling in there so i would probably just say here's my login for ddt universe <laughs> I haven't got one at the moment I need to resub um and say there you go just just pick them there, whether it's yeah. the, the fella wrestling the blow-up doll, whether it's the two fellas wrestling and trying not to break a light tube. Um, do you know what I mean? Or Whether it's just a hard-hitting, full-on match between Takeshita and Higuchi. Yeah. You
0: know. I mean, I, I have I have a short memory with these sort of things, but I like a spectacle. Yeah. Um, and one that I always... And people, you know, quickly ask about whenever any of these people are mentioned, but one that I think stands out as a you know you know all-out spectacle was um obviously the undertaker against mankind Mm -hmm. um back at whatever show that was at um where um, mcfoley ended up lobbed off a thing yeah hello so yeah um and i think like that's one that you can you can sort of put people down in front of and go yeah wrestling gets a bit intense sometimes um but in recent memory i think I I like it when people are sort of outside of their comfort zone as well. Mm. So I really enjoyed Yano against Tomeo Ishii from um, the G1 this year. Um, Yano was being forced to or kind of set himself the task of beating Ishii um, from a hard-hitting technical standpoint. And uh, similarly, Ishii was happy to sort of um, lower himself to um, Yano's level. Um, But more closer to home, um, uh, last year... Uh, we went to attack a lot. Yeah. And the climax of our time at Attack, almost, you know, to the point where we were like, well, we're done with that. Yeah, don't need to go anymore. Since, um, was a big main event between Shapers and Chris Roberts, yep. which was a spectacle. It was the climax of a long-term storyline and featured a lot of ridiculous, ridiculous booking. I quite like, you know, I think there's a fine line. I think Attack sometimes... Do it really well. Um and I think other companies um that begin with a P and rhyme with Ogress um <laughs> do it really badly. But I quite like an overbooked main event yeah. sometimes where a lot is happening, a yeah. lot of people show up, a lot of twists and turns, um and I think attack are really, really good at that. Yeah. Um and I think I that was a the, great um, example.
1: I felt the Schadenfreude main event last week. I turned to Afrenan um and said sometimes overbooking is good booking yeah um, because a lot of shit happened yeah uh, and it it all worked for so the yeah. advancement of the storyline yeah
0: uh, I mean I also and I will recommend this to anyone uh, who is interested in purchasing the VOD but I also um, really liked uh, Gene Money against Speedball Mike Bailey from last weekend or two weeks ago you'd be an idiot not to um, <laughs> as a comedy match but also as a match where somebody really gets kicked the shit out of yeah Um, So go and watch that. Um, Okay, big hitter, John Lister. Yeah. Um, What's your generic three love the graps and three not my graps things that can apply to any shows and could be used as rules of thumb for a promoter? So we've kind of thought about this. We did. um, And, you know, kind of seen it as more of a sort of rules of thumbs for a promoter. Yeah. Um, But some things that we loved and some things that we didn't like so much.
1: Things that we like when a promoter does. Yeah, and things that we don't like when a promoter does or doesn't
0: yeah so and they are very broad yeah so we're gonna maybe zoom a bit through this yeah. not not sort of go off on tangents too yeah. much because um obviously it's six aspects to sort of talk about yeah. um so let's start off with love the graps and okay. so um what about using young talent and using them well
1: yeah, um, one of the things that is a a, a staple, a standing order for mm-hmm. I Love the Graps is uh, seeing new people
0: um, and seeing them grow. Lovely. Yeah,
1: and it, it's not always young talent. It's it's sometimes talent that you don't usually see. Yeah. Um, but it's seeing new people and seeing them utilised in a way that isn't just ego. It's someone new? So, for instance, very recent thing. Last night I went to Eve. Yeah. Um, there were ten people uh, who appeared at Eve last night. Who either made their debuts or were in their first, in their second or third show. Right. Um, so that's a huge amount. Obviously, a bit of a uh, a reaction to maybe what's going down. But also, they put themselves in a position course, with the yeah.
0: Survivor Series uh, matches.
1: But every one of those people who made their debut or like you know their second or third appearance um, made an impact. Yeah, and it was worked really well. Um, so. You could fire me the name and I could tell you something that that person did um, that made me notice them um, in a a positive way because that's an important thing. Yeah, And so I love it when promotions do that. Bring me new people and don't just chuck them out there as, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, Make me care about these new people.
0: Yeah. I think there's a tendency for companies to just kind of sometimes use people to fill slots mm-hmm. um so and sometimes it has to be done yeah like that like you not yeah. everybody can be the hot new thing no but it is exciting to have a hot new thing yeah um and, and people treated as such mm-hmm. um okay another one um surprises yeah
1: we love a surprise yeah um again recently uh orange cassidy yeah was a surprise uh last week loved that
0: it's one of the things that we used to really enjoy about attack is that there would often be nothing announced. Yeah. And you didn't know what you were going to get, but you were you know, you were pretty damn sure you were going to get something good.
1: Yeah. Not everybody can can do a mystery show because you do sometimes have to sell tickets. Yeah. And if tickets aren't moving, announcing a match, announcing a talent will you know, sell a few tickets. Yeah. So I understand that. But if you're in a position where everything can be a bit of a surprise, mm-hmm. um, great. I mean, it's nice to look forward to things. Yeah, It's nice to discuss, oh, what are we going to see tonight? You know, but it's also lovely to sit there and have something, something happen. Somebody appear, a match happen, uh, something happen in that match that you would, n- you would just, in those chats, what are we going to see tonight? Those, those names, those matches, those, um events would not have come up yeah. to happen in front of you um you can't do it too often yeah um you can't do it every time because then you get surprise fatigue unless you are very good at it um well, but it should be done as much the thing as is possible. That, i mean you can do it a lot
0: but you can't do the big ones no a lot so i think you can keep people guessing yeah. a lot and that is a valuable tool that i think wrestling can use well mm-hmm. but you can't do the here's your big main event that you didn't know was coming every single time.
1: I always remember going back to my time with the FWA where we'd sold out a show uh, at Broxbourne. It might have been the first one we did at Broxbourne. And we were then offered Steve Carino, who was in the country, to wrestle for the N... He was the NWA heavyweight champion at the time. Right. And we were offered him um, the night after he'd worked for Hammerlock. And we we thought, well, he's not going to sell... A single extra ticket because we're sold out. Yeah. So it's in a way, it's wasted money. Yeah. But that was the buzz after that. Yeah. Bringing him in was just a massive surprise, and it enhanced the promotion because we then became, oh, who else could appear? What else could happen? Anything can happen in the WWE. That kind of thing. Yeah. And if you can foster an atmosphere where anything can happen,
0: sometimes predictable is good because it's the right thing well, to do some things have to be predictable because um, you're telling a story but
1: unpredictability is is the key.
0: yeah okay um one last love the grabs then is when a show has a strong identity when a promotion has a strong brand yeah and you know having said you know you don't know what you're gonna get yeah. you want to know roughly what you're gonna get
1: yeah and you, you trust what you're gonna get um we, we've we said a few times when we've been to see um, new or kind of nascent promotions fledgling promotions um, we l- I like it but I'm not sure what it is yeah um, and I think good were even um, part of that in their first few shows yeah like what what is it what's the flavour yeah here um,
0: and, and sometimes th- it takes a while to work that yeah. out
1: and I think promotions that can capture that whether it's on their first show or by their 5th, or by their 10th. But the, the point you create that, that's when you've got it. And that's when you will be a promotion that, we, you know, we spent like an hour talking about the, the repercussions of NXT UK. Mm-hmm. Um, those promotions that have a strong flavor, that have a strong brand, um, that are attracting people through the, the promotion rather than the talent, because you trust the promoter, in the same way, record labels. Sometimes you trust a record label, yeah, um, and you will you will listen to anything on that record label uh, because you trust the, the the people who run the label. Um, if you can get to that point, you you give yourself a bit of insurance against the the ups and downs of of the market.
0: Yeah, and I think the UK actually is you know that's one of the sort of strengths that the UK wrestling scene mm-hmm. has had. Over the past few years. It's certainly over North America it seems. Yeah. Whilst obviously in North America there are some like very niche promotions mm-hmm. that offer something a bit different. Um and then you have people like maybe Chikara that isn't you know, kinda of sits outside of the mainstream. But a lot of the promotions, if you just put it on, I don't know what I'm, it's it's the same. Wrestling like, in Chicago. Yeah.
1: And and we have a few of those over here as well. That, yeah. that, you know, there but, is wrestling in Southampton. But wrestling
0: then you've also got your progress which is not your attack which is not yeah eve which is not fight club pro which is not good wrestling it's not you know you know it's not big your um, life from your Hall. like we've got a lot of different flavors yeah that people can pick and, on
1: and that um after we get through the three not my graps in a minute, mm. we've got a question from Martin Bentley and I think that ties into yeah. what we've just been saying about that.
0: Okay, so. we'll do not my graps, so okay. we'll, we'll zoom through that so we can get to it. Yeah. So um and actually this is the first not my graps is probably something that we've failed at massively today. Yeah. Or actually no, we've been okay, but it's the people who've asked us the question. Yeah.
1: Um is uh keep your timings ins tight. Yeah. Um I want you to start on time. I want you to finish on time If you've given a a, a rough finishing time Definitely I want you to keep your intervals um, short If you say it's going to be a short interval If you say it's going to be an hour long interval Fine, have it an hour But keep to what you've said Mm -hmm. If you say it's going to be a short interval Make it a short interval I want your matches to keep moving Um, I want one match to come after another I don't want to sit around waiting for someone to press play Or whatever Um, Some promotions like to do long shows um, we've mentioned progress a few times on this, a four-hour show is, is standard for progress. That's fine. Don't do a four-and-a-half-hour show. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do four hours, do four hours. Ideally, I like shows that are about two hours. Um, but that's my taste. And I will always favour that. If, But if I'm going to a promotion that I look and I see, yeah, their shows have, have been kind of like two hours. And for no obvious reason, it's a three-hour show. I'm um, often quite bored and just potentially I yeah go
0: home. I mean obviously like the sort of running long thing um has other repercussions yeah um with people missing their training yeah um and that that's a frustration that I think lots of people have sort of suffered through um I think there's another sort of element to this is like keep it snappy yeah. um you know we don't w- you don't need to have a promo before every single match nope. that doesn't really add anything to yeah. the match. Not every match um, needs to go 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, and balance it right so that it feels like a show. So it feels like it's going to zip along. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky one. It's not, I don't think it comes naturally to all promotions. So it's something that people need to sort of get their head round. Yeah. Sort of structuring that. Um, Okay, another thing that is not my graps is a bad venue yeah. and bad management of that venue.
1: Yeah, we, we've talked about this um and we talked about it on the group. Yeah. Um a particular bugbear of ours is Leisure Centres. Yeah. Don't tend to enjoy shows in Leisure Centres. Um but this goes across the board that no matter what your venue is, sometimes it will be a bad venue. And maybe Chris and I won't go and see you in that bed venue, but other people will. Yeah, you know, um, you you have to work with what you have got. But that's the key: working with what you've got. Mm-hmm. Fight Club Pro, they've just moved to their new venue, um, the Hangar. Uh, it's basically a disused warehouse, but it's a disused warehouse where all the walls have already been painted black. Yeah, um, and there's been some dressing done, um, so it's not just put a ring in the middle of a room. And do a show um i i always hold it up uh chicara king of trios a couple of years ago um in their regular venue in eastern pennsylvania it's basically a leisure center but they used drapes lighting ring position seating position to make it not appear like a leisure center yeah um so if you're gonna have to run a leisure center hide the basketball hoops. Well there's hide lots hide the clock. There's lots you can do. Yeah, but um, um, just make your space because what you are what you're doing is you are presenting theater in a way. Um and the best plays are not put on in school halls are on a like a bare stage made out of like those blocks you use in gymnastics
0: well i mean having said that like there are loads of great plays where it, the presentation can be very stark so i think that there is a balance to be struck right. and henrik ibsen god it's awful doing three hours of podcasting <laughs> with you it becomes unbearable um but no there are going to be times where i mean for instance the um the resistance gallery they don't do a lot to that room beyond what the room already offers well yeah um, but the room
1: is all already kind of dressed in a way yeah. it's like neon signs but, and stuff it's, okay better example then the fiction warehouse there wasn't really
0: anything they'd done no, to that no um, they'd put a half-ass curtain in one corner, yeah. um, where people came out through. They'd stuck another table in another corner for you to buy drinks or buy yeah. uh, merch on. Yeah. But I love that venue yeah. um, because it felt right for the show, and yeah. that's that's the thing. Yeah. I don't think unless you're <sighs> unless you're presenting uh, a show where it's teenagers trying wrestling for the first time in front of their mums and dads, um, I don't think there's ever going to be a situation where a Um, brightly lit sports hall is the best venue for a wrestling show Um, like with no dressing whatsoever having said that you could take that same room and with some elbow grease and a bit of imagination and maybe a bit of a budget turn that same sports hall into something that looked good as you say Chikara have done it previously yeah Um, I think I think I think it's an afterthought for some promotions because it's just like let's get on let's book some wrestlers and let's do a show um let's not think about the total package um but that goes back to sort of the identity thing that we were talking about um and uh one last um not my grap and that is the idea of keeping it true to the show yeah don't break the show with confusing or illogical stuff
1: yeah it, you have to have a consistency yeah um the world that you're creating has to have rules and they don't have to be spoken rules um you don't have to get up and say these are the rules of this place um although if you want to
0: some people do yeah um
1: but everything on your show should be consistent yeah um so it wouldn't necessarily be if you're doing a show that is wholly all of your matches of sporting contests, and then you have a match with somebody fighting the invisible man, it's gonna stick out, yeah. You know, um, you've got to keep a consistency, you because what you're asking us to do, um, and it's a contract we enter into willingly, is when we come through that door, we are suspending our disbelief uh, that we are pretending that these men in their pants, uh, in the ring are are fighting over legitimate grudges um and what they're doing is very real uh and it matters um rather than just being some fellas having a roll around uh, in an industrial estate in Wolverhampton, um and that's our part of the bargain that we buy into that your part is to try and not give us any reason to fall out of that
0: yeah well i i have a, I, I mean we spoke about it lots last weekend um but i have a real strong dislike for um almost disrespectful storytelling Mm. i think you if you're telling a story you have to think if this happens then this happens Mm. then this happens yeah but you can't just get to the end point without trying to explain to me what the points were before that i think there was a big glaring hole in the middle of the schadenfreude show last weekend mm-hmm. where um we were suddenly told that the match uh that was following would be a loser leaves fight club pro match yeah. now that left so many questions for me for me as a wrestling fan, yeah there were lots of people who just didn't care yeah, and, just accepted it and they were fine with the drama yeah. that that created and that's fine i guess because mm. it did create drama it created a big moment for that match yeah uh, um but ultimately it leaves me asking why in the hell are they allowed to do that? Yeah. They are anti Fight Club Pro. Why would Fight Club Pro allow them to do that? But there there are easy storyline steps you could lay out to get to that point. Yeah. And to just go, Oh, we've got the endpoint that we know we want to get to. Don't have to worry yeah. about everything that leads up to it, that's where it gets disrespectful to yeah. the audience. It,
1: it's often as easy as just a little throwaway comment. Yeah. You know. It's it's kind of, you know oh yeah, this person you've never seen uh, is suddenly coming to promotion and he's got a title shot. Um, Just explain a little reason why.
0: Yeah, I honestly do not think there is a story, so long as it's not distasteful, that you cannot tell in wrestling without a little bit of elbow grease going into making it make sense. Just a little bit of exposition.
1: Yeah. uh, A little bit of crowbarring. This is how we got to this place. Yeah. Um, And some people won't care about that. They don't need it. But for other people, um, it's it's very much appreciated and yeah. I think you should be trying to please everybody if you can. Um I think logic is is yeah.
0: very important. Yeah. And I think to just disregard it you're 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 kind of setting yourself up for a fall and you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Okay. Um Martin Bentley then. What do you think are the potential of new promotions like Fight Forever, WrestleGate and Breed Pro? In the current uncertain climate of the brick grap scene.
1: Um, now, the way I'd link this to what we were talking about before mm-hmm. is simply what are those promotions? Yeah. I don't know what they are. Like Fight Forever kicked off this week. Yeah. Um, by the sounds of it, put on three really good shows. Yeah. Um, but they just seem to be three wrestling shows. Yeah. Using the same people that we've seen you know on other shows um and yeah
0: they see i mean i i jokingly said it's it looks like a five star show and they do they look like those shows that were being put on a year or so ago under the five star banner they've taken all of the popular names that you see and go we're going to put them all in a show in a bigger venue and see what happens and it seems like they sold some tickets yeah um and they've done all right out of it. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see... I know they've announced some more dates for next year. I'd yeah. be interested to see how the two brothers that are running it feel going forward. That redundancy money will only last so long. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I don't really understand what it is beyond... Like, what. what's the point of... Sorry, I, mean, I don't want this to feel like a negative, but what's the point of a world of sports show that's not on TV? Yeah. Because some of this is going to feel like that especially in the new year when they lose all the WWE guys that they've been using
1: Um, Wrestlegate they've announced four shows Mm -hmm. and are building four shows which to my mind is a bit weird Um, they seem to be the promotion where you can see Japanese guys but also the promotion where you can see Robbie X um, and the promotion where you can see a Terry Is It open challenge Mm -hmm. so again I don't know what it is because it's all over the place. Yeah. Um Breed Pro I know very little of. Um Ian Hamilton was was there in Sheffield, kind of, right? Yeah, talked to me about him last night and his description and this may be doing a huge disservice to Breed Pro but blame Ian Hamilton for this. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it's booked for Twitter people in that they're just booking names that people on the the Twitterati um are into. Right. Um and um the the problem with that is it's a small world it's a very small world yeah um you won't make money off booking to those people um so again i i don't know what it is um and that's the problem with these these things they're, they're new promotions that don't seem to have a mission statement don't seem to have a a flavor established and that's fine if you can grow but these three are particularly trying to come in at a certain level
0: yeah and I mean, we'll we'll see how that plays out um, next year. I think that, that that I think, in fairness to each of them, I think they do have a different flavor to each other. Yeah. Um. Whether that will be enough to sort of set them aside from the rest of British mm. wrestling, um. I mean, I've got questions about like how, cer uh, like certain practice that some of them are doing. Like, I feel I feel a bit weird about, um, you know, uh, fight forevers idea of building their shows around cody Rhodes and then losing that but then also having the podcast sort of thing have equal billing with the wrestling shows and also you know the use of a couple of x wwe names on the sort of periphery of their promotion seems a bit i don't know a bit um, a bit glitzy but cheap to me yeah um and wrestlegate i think there may be a case of running before you can walk with Mm -hmm. some of their stuff um as you say having announced four shows and having announced talent for each of those shows next year before you've run one show um you know you're gonna be spreading yourself a bit thin Mm -hmm. um you want to focus your promotion on the first step to try and bring people in before you try and bring people into the fourth thing down the line people right now will probably be looking at their show next summer and going i can't wait for that one
1: yeah so i won't go to the first three
0: yeah um also i've sorry real bugbear with their promotion is that all of their graphics for each of the shows look exactly the same yeah so it's confusing to me as a fan which show i'm getting which talent on yeah um so they should be just distinguishing between them i don't want to show up in january thinking i'm going to see um takeshita yeah. because I haven't looked closely at the date. Um, so there's that. Yeah,
1: I um, think time will tell. Yeah,
0: um, I, think, I think there's loads of room, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's still, there's still room. There are still cities which aren't um, at saturation level. Yeah. There is still talent that is not being used. Um, a lot of the world of sport guys are, are not being used in a lot of places yeah. um, and are good hands, you know, the likes of Nathan Cruz, Gabriel Kidd, yeah. uh, Martin Kirby. Yeah. Um, so, hopefully.
0: Oh, Martin Kirby's somebody I'd like to see more yeah, of. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's finish this out then. Wow, yeah. we're getting Oof. through it. Um, this might even be a short episode. It's no, not it's not longer be. than
1: the others. No, it hasn't. Yeah, has. where? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe it's hour.
0: about. It's about the same. Yeah. Okay, Jamie Bullock. With the UK, you read it. I've been oh reading right. so With many. The UK
1: scene thriving right now, and promotions running bigger and bigger shows up and down the country. Where do you see British wrestling ending twenty nineteen going into twenty
0: twenty? Obviously, you know some elements of the wrestling media would have you believe that British wrestling isn't growing right it's done. now. done, Bubbles it's burst on the decline, yeah. um, which seems a little bit short-sighted and seems to be based on the fact that NXT UK are not outdrawing themselves um, show to show. And also um, ICW having a drop in their house, their big Hydro show. Um, But yeah, I think generally speaking, British Wrestling has been doing bigger and bigger shows Mm -hmm. more frequently. I mean, Fight Club Pro regularly sell out their shows in Wolverhampton um progress. Obviously they did the big show at Wembley, but they're still selling out um pretty much all of their other shows. I mean every month in Camden but then, you know, Sheffield and Manchester as well. Um I don't think there's any danger of that slowing down too much at the moment. I think they would get if they keep running, um, throughout two thousand nineteen, um, I think those companies will all keep at those levels. Yeah. Um similarly attack again another company selling out pro wrestling eve sell out regularly um i i think it'll be interesting with the nxt uk stuff how that has an influence on it but i don't see the scene shrinking significantly no. this year
1: i think there's, there's i've got two answers to this okay um the first answer uh, refers to how things are going to look mm-hmm. um and i think without the the x that is WWE UK NXT UK. I don't know how that will, that will happen because they, they have very deep pockets. They could do whatever they want. Um, but I think outside of that, the scene will look very much like it is now. Mm -hmm. I don't think there'll be too much change at all. I think there'll be most of the same promotions, most of the same wrestlers, most of the same size of crowds. I think we're, we're in a kind of a plateau at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, as for kind of the bubble bursting and people sort of claiming the bubble bursting, wrestling is a cyclical business. Entertainment is a cyclical business, um, but wrestling particularly is a cyclical business. It has its ups and downs. It also has a natural level. Um, one of the reasons that Big Daddy is not in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame um, is that he didn't consistently do 10,000 plus gates, um, nobody did because british wrestling doesn't do that um it's not how um traditionally british people do things we're a lot more local yeah um, than in america which is the the kind of the market so you will you have more concert halls in the uk or certainly did up until recently um that are like 1000 2000s whereas the american halls tended to be 10 20 thousands um because they would gather from a wider area Uh, whereas here you won't you go for a night out you're not unless you're like us you're not driving three hours um so i think uh it it can't reach a much higher level than it is and that's not for because the bubbles burst or anything along those lines It's because there is a natural level up which it cannot go it's like you can take steroids and make your heart bigger and your your body bigger but there is a certain level beyond which you cannot go. Yeah. Um, and I think British dressing has that. And I think we're m- maybe about that. level. Yeah, maybe. Um, and yeah, perhaps the only way is down, but there is a long way of staying at this level. Yeah. And I think that's that's the future.
0: I think by the end of 2019, we may have some answers as to the true impact of the UK WWE experiment. Um, so hopefully, you know, uh this time of flux will have sort of settled down, um, and we will be able to just get on with business as usual. I think the first half of twenty nineteen is gonna be a challenge for some. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna be a challenge as a British wrestling fan to work out what you like and where you want to spend your money
1: yeah i Um, think it's going to be a a a cognitive challenge more than than anything yeah it's kind of an an orienting your perspective on what do i want what can i expect where am i going to find that yeah um
0: so you know uh, who are you supporting at this point are you supporting the brands or are you supporting the wrestlers um and obviously those are very closely related and and go hand in hand, but are there individual wrestlers that you want to follow? Well, you may have to follow them to WWE. Um, or are there, is there a style of wrestling that you enjoy above all others? Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully there'll be somebody outside of WWE that provides that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no, there's no crystal ball I can look into to, to see what's going to happen because, you know we we weren't nobody was really able to make any predictions a couple of years ago when no. um the uk stuff came around first time around yeah so
1: one one prediction i will make mm. is that you'll probably be hearing in love the graps episode 160 ish.
0: oh maybe yeah
1: yeah so keep listening oh, maybe keep listening in
0: some form <laughs>
1: yeah should we let them go
0: yeah you can well let's let ourselves go yeah (laughs) let's put ourselves out of our misery um thanks for listening thanks to everybody for all your questions thanks for all your support over this hundred years that we've been doing this podcast um uh everybody's been very kind yes um and uh if you've listened to all three of these episodes um you've been very generous with your time Mm -hmm. hope it's not been completely terrible and an awful waste of your time
1: good content mate it's,
0: it's a lot of content yeah sure if if i mean i always one of my big philosophies when it comes to uh anything is quantity over quality of course yes um so what you've got here is um quantity over quality yeah um uh so yeah get on the facebook group let us know what you think of us and um let us know what you think of maybe if there's a question in here that you particularly hated yeah. let's all pile on that one person yeah. um and we can go if if there's somebody that who asked a question that you really hate we could kick them out of the group if you want yeah. um but get on the facebook fan group it's a yeah. good it's a fun time i mean, we'll
1: be back on friday
0: Oh God! Yes, we will. Yeah, yeah yes. Going to it's,
1: attack only the second time this year.
0: Yeah, and to Cheltenham,
1: back to Cheltenham. So um, um, yeah, you can hear what we thought about that. The
0: second leg of their missile tour. Yeah, and um, we've had to hand over the reins of the uh, Secret Santa. Yeah, I hope you enjoy that um, this year. So, um, thanks again. Thanks for hundred beautiful episodes. <laughs> thanks, Alan thanks Chris and um, we'll let you go and it's been a long 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 haul this one so go to bed we had joy we had fun we had seasons in the sun but the hills didn't fly the seasons are all time all our life- we had fun. We had seasons in the sun of the world looking deep for the starfish on the beach.